Please be seated. Wade mentioned, and he is certainly right, that at this time of the year we often do a lot of re-evaluation. And probably it's the time of the year that's most known for that, for people to stop and think about where they are and uh, how well they've been doing and where they might be able to make some improvements. For instance, I know that many of us will be considering starting on a new diet or a new exercise plan here within the week as the new year begins. That's all good. You might think about your job or your work at school or education. Where are you? Where do you need to get to? How might you make some changes that will help you be uh, in a year from now in a better position than you are right now? That's certainly beneficial. We might spend some time thinking about our family or our relationships and how we could change some things to maybe make those situations better. Uh, That's certainly a, a, a worthwhile consideration. So in all of those sort of things, we sort of reevaluate, and those are all good. But there's no area more important than for us to evaluate our situations spiritually, our standing with God, our service to Him, to see how we're doing and see if we can improve, do better, uh, make some changes that will, in a year from now, make us that much more the kind of people God wants us to be. And so that's all appropriate and certainly worthwhile. In order to help us along those lines as we are about to start a new year and to think about our situation, I'd like to take you to the book of 1 Thessalonians and consider some things that Paul said to the church there at Thessalonica. This may be, the book of 1 Thessalonians may be the first of the epistles that Paul wrote. As we mentioned in our Bible class this morning, we don't know when the book of Galatians was written, can't say for sure, but we know this one was written just three stops down the road from when Paul had first been to the city of Thessalonica. And so this was a very new, a very young church. And Paul was writing a letter to them to encourage them and to remind them of some things that they needed to be doing. I want to pick out just three statements, three verses or three uh, phrases from the book of 1 Thessalonians to, to sort of serve as the basis of our lesson this morning. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 at verse 11, He said, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. I want to key in on the phrase, just as you also are doing. Uh, Basically, Paul was telling them, you keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, You're on the right track, and I want to encourage you, don't stop, keep doing what you're doing. I get that idea from this statement. Build one another up just as you are doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Then look at chapter 4, verse 1. He says, finally, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you may excel still more. Notice, he said they were doing it already, just as you actually do walk. In other words, keeping the commandments of God, the instructions that you've been given in your walk for God. Keep doing as you're doing and do more of it. Um, That's the idea. There's plenty to do. You're on the right track, but keep working to do even more than you are doing. So basically, he was telling them, keep doing the same things you're doing and do more of those sorts of things. He's urging them to increase. And then finally, look at chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. 
He says, now as the love, now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. For indeed ye do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia, but we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. Now in regards to brotherly love, he wasn't telling them go out and try to find additional people to love, because he already said, concerning brotherly love, you practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. So he's saying, don't do more of this. Here he's saying, in regards to that particular thing, we urge you to excel, excel still more. It's the same expression as in the previous verse, but a little different contextually here, because here he wasn't telling them to go out and try to find people to love that they weren't already loving. They were already loving all the brethren who were in Macedonia, he said, but we want you to do that even better than you've been doing it. And so, again, he's telling them to improve in their actions, to do it better than they already were. So from those three verses, that leads us to the title of our lesson and the very simple development of the lesson that we want to study this morning. The same, more, and better. Keep doing what you're doing. Look for more that you can do and find ways to do it better. Very simple concepts, but I think really important and helpful to us as we approach a new year in our individual lives of service to the Lord and in our collective work as a congregation of God's people. These are important instructions for us. And I hope that we can learn from what Paul said to the uh, church at Thessalonica and that we can do better ourselves. We're going to talk about that here just for a few minutes this morning. Before we get further into that, we stop to just say thank you to everybody who's present. We're so glad to have you here. We're glad for the visitors who have come. Uh, we have a lot of folks traveling. We have a lot of folks who are sick. And so our number is somewhat diminished from those reasons this morning. But we're definitely glad that you're here, and we appreciate your presence very much. It's important this time of year to be thinking about spiritual things. While there's so much else, Lee said in the announcement, so many other things demanding our attention, but it's important to stay focused on spiritual things, and we're glad that you have that interest this morning that's brought you here. Thanks for being here this morning. All right, let's just uh, do a little reevaluation. As we said, no more important area to reevaluate ourselves than spiritually, and we need to do this. And so we're going to use Paul's encouragements to the church at Thessalonica to lead us in that direction. First of all, basically he said to them, you keep on doing what you're doing. If you're on the right track, then keep doing those things that you're doing. I think all of us maybe from time to time get a little discouraged or tired. It's easy to think, what's the use anyway, you know? Uh, for instance, um, in our efforts to teach the lost. I've tried to reach out to my neighbor. I've tried to reach out to my lost family member. I've tried to reach out to that guy on the job that I, that I talk to every day. But, you know, I just haven't had any luck with that. People just don't seem to be interested. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to give up. I'm just discouraged and tired of trying. Uh, or what about that weak Christian? that you've been involved with and you've been doing lots of things to try and encourage them, strengthen them, build them up, help them do better, but they just keep relapsing into some of the same old habits, some of the bad things that they've been involved in the past, they're involved in again. And it seems like all your work to encourage and strengthen and, and build them up has, has been for naught. You're just, you're just not seeing the response uh, that you would hope to see. Uh, you know, sometimes we talk about visible results, and maybe you're just not seeing those visible results, the efforts 
that you've tried and, and you're tired and you're tempted to give up. No, Paul would say to us, you keep on doing what you're doing. Notice in Galatians chapter 6 at verse 9, he said, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You've got to keep working at it. You've got to keep sowing the seed. You know, the picture here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, is that of a farmer who's planted his crops. And there's a lot of work involved in that. There's a whole lot of work involved in putting out the seed before any thought of a harvest could ever be realized. Before the reaping takes place, a whole lot of effort goes into it. And you're not seeing any visible results until much later, but that work is necessary. And that's for us as Christians as well. Uh, individually and collectively as a congregation, we need to keep working. Keep on keeping on. Don't give up. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, a very familiar verse to us says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Pay special attention to this expression, not in vain in the Lord. We know that something that is in vain is good for nothing or worthless. But Paul here is telling us our work for the Lord is never worthless. It's never good for nothing. It's always beneficial, and we should keep doing it. Be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep doing what you're doing in, in faithful service to the Lord. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. The wise man said, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Many times we use this verse to warn people. The eyes of the Lord are there. And if you do evil, He sees. You can't hide your evil from Him. And that is certainly taught in this verse. But our stress here is, notice that He's also beholding the good. And so you're not seeing those visible results. You haven't been able to convert that person you were trying to teach or that weak Christian that you've been trying to encourage just doesn't seem to be coming along. And you're not, you're just not seeing the results that you'd like to see, and you're tired, you're discouraged, and you're thinking about giving up. No, the Lord sees. He knows the work that you're doing, your faithful service to Him. He recognizes it. He will bless you. He will reward you for those labors in His behalf. And so, don't give up. Recently, we were studying in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, that rather long section in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul talks about us as being individual members of the body as a whole. He says the body is, now this is chapter 12, verse 14, beginning of 1 Corinthians. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body. Excuse me. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ears shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And pretty obvious, simple questions that Paul was asking in relationship to a physical body. Not all members are the same. Not all members have the same role or the same work, but all are essential and vital. None of us can think. I hope none of us here at College View would ever imagine to think, my part here is so insignificant. Let someone else take care of that. Let someone else do that. Let, let another person do what needs to be done. And the answer is no, that's not true. Your part is vital and important, and you need to be working and fulfilling your function in the local congregation. Don't give up doing what needs to be done. And so the first part of the encouragement to, of Paul to that church was, you're on the right track, and you're doing the right things, and I just want you to keep on doing those things, and don't, don't give it up. And we need that same encouragement. As we said 
that this would be applicable to us congregationally, and it would be applicable to us each individually as servants of the Lord. Keep doing what you're doing that's right in His service. But Paul went on to say then, he said, look for more that you can do. The warning I think here is uh, against the idea of feeling sort of complacent or satisfied. You know, although, as we were saying in the previous point, maybe we don't see all the visible results we would like to see, maybe sometimes we have seen some changes. You know, a few things have been done. A few improvements have taken place. And maybe we look back and have a sort of a false sense of uh, personal satisfaction. Uh, Certainly, looking back and maybe comparing ourselves to some others, you know, I'm, I'm... I may not be there yet, but boy, I'm a lot better than so-and-so-and-so in the name of a group of people that you think that you have achieved more than they have. And, and therefore, you sort of get a sense of self-satisfaction and complacency that maybe you don't need to try much anymore because you sort of accomplished what you think is necessary. Paul says, no, there's a lot more to do. Look around and look at all the things that you can and should be doing in his service. Look for more that you can do. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul warns, I say, through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. The warning here, don't think more highly of yourself than you, than you ought to. There's, you haven't done it all yet. You haven't accomplished it all. There's plenty out there that still needs to be done. Be looking for those opportunities. Don't grow, don't grow lazy in his service. In the same context of Romans 12, at verse 11, he says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The business there is the business of serving God, and slothful means lazy. Don't get lazy in the business of serving God. Keep looking for more that you can do. In Romans chapter 7, Paul said of himself, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I just want you to concentrate on Paul. Never grew uh, proud or complacent or self-satisfied. He still viewed himself, as he said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came to, into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Uh, if Paul thought there was no reason to boast, surely we can't boast either. If he never felt like he had done all that needed to be done, he could sort of ease back and take it easy. If, if, that's, if that was not true for him, certainly never be true for us. We need to keep looking for more that we can do in his service. I wonder how many of us do that sort of thing, you know. Uh, as we're saying, this is a beneficial time of year to allow some self-reevaluation, uh, some introspection. Uh, do, you, do you ever think about, what could I do more than I'm doing? What areas could I push myself a little bit? What, what areas could I try to grow into that maybe I'm not accomplishing right now. Those are the kind of things that we're suggesting here. Earlier, Jeff read for us uh, part of the parable of the Good Samaritan, and I think that that was his mindset, his concept. Notice that a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came, Luke 10, beginning verse 33. certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I am come again, 
I will repay thee. You know, you do not get the sense from this character of the Good Samaritan that he was looking for what's just the least I can do and get away with it. What's the bare minimum that would be required in a case like this? Well, if you're looking for a bare minimum, of course, the priest and the Levite who had passed by this wounded man uh, would probably be your role models. If you're looking for somebody who just wants to see how little they can do or how they can keep from being too much involved, this good Samaritan got involved. But even after he'd been involved in helping this wounded man, he said, if there's more that I can do, let me know. I'll, I'll do more. If more is needed, I'll get involved and do more. How many of us have that mindset when it comes to spiritual things? I really think that's the way we ought to feel and we ought to be looking for areas where we can do more than we've currently been doing. So, in regards to all the good things that you're doing for the Lord, keep doing those, but don't just stop there. Be looking for more that you can do and areas where you can grow and increase in your service to the Lord. Well, very obviously then, the third point is all the things that you do, do them better. Uh, I think that we all are, are certainly uh, in the danger of imagining that we uh, are everything that we need to be and that we don't need to improve. Nobody can say that, of course. N nobody is where they need to be. We can all do better. You know, uh, over time... Uh, uh, maybe you've had the occasion as I've had to, people come and make some complaint or uh, maybe feel that something hasn't been done as it ought to be done. And first reaction to those sort of approaches is to be defensive. Try to defend yourself that you've done the right thing. Or, You know, the, the best approach, uh, I think, is for us to say, you're right, I can do better, I'll try to do better, we can all do better, we'll try to do better. Because that's an obvious truth, isn't it? We can do better. Is there anybody here who thinks you've done perfectly in regards to everything that you ought to do as a Christian? No. We can do better, and we need to be looking to do better, to make improvements in our service to the Lord. Um, you know, the Jewish leadership in the time of Jesus had closed their eyes and ears to any suggestion that they ought to change or be different. And Jesus said of them in Matthew 13, verse 15, this people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. What kind of word would you use to describe these Jews in the day of Jesus? Oh, well, certainly they were complacent and they were not looking for any kind of improvement. They thought they had it made. They didn't think they needed to change anything. And so they, their ears were basically closed. They weren't even listening to suggestions for improvement. Any criticism or anything along that line was just ignored by them. We have to be careful lest we do the same thing. If there are areas we need to improve, places where we can do it better, we ought to do that. You know, those same Jewish leaders uh, in Luke chapter 20, verse 19, it says, The chief priests and scribes of the same hour sought to lay hands on him, and they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. Notice especially the last phrase there. They perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. He's talking about us. Can you imagine that? He's talking about us. How could he possibly say those things to us? Uh, was their reaction to reevaluate, to change, to improve? No. 
their reaction was, kill the messenger. Kill the messenger. And it wasn't long after this when they actually accomplished their purposes. We obviously cannot afford to imitate that example. We've got to keep looking for ways to do our work better for the Lord. And that was definitely Paul's mindset in Philippians 3, which we've studied not that long ago. Philippians 3, verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Certainly if Paul saw that there were clear areas for him to improve and do more, if that was true of him, it's definitely true of us. And so there you have it. As we approach this new year, I'd like to suggest that we all do what Paul asked the brethren at Thessalonica to do. Keep doing the good things that you're doing. And by the way, we appreciate you for all the good things that you're doing. Uh, God is aware of those things. And we, as your brethren, are aware of those things. And we're encouraged and we're edified by seeing your efforts for the Lord. And we just encourage you to keep on keeping on. But don't stop there. Look for areas where you can do more than you've been doing. And then in all things, look for ways that you can improve your service and do even better. It's three easy steps. But I really believe that if we will do those things, God will bless us in our efforts. And our new year will be better than our last year if we'll put these kind of concepts into practice. Thank you for your good attention to what we've had to say. We've been talking to those of us who are already Christians this morning, uh, asking us to sort of reevaluate where we are in our service to God. So let us speak to those who are Christians first by way of invitation as we're about to sing this song. If you realize that as a Christian you haven't been doing very well, you haven't been doing all you can and you haven't been doing it the best that you can and that your spiritual life really has been uh, less than ideal throughout this past year that your life really isn't right with God and you haven't been faithfully serving Him. We would urge you to come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. If you're a, uh, in that situation, we'd be glad to pray with you and for you this morning uh, and help you get restarted in, in your faithful service to the Lord. If we can help, let us know. If you're not yet a Christian, if you've never obeyed that simple gospel plan of salvation, Upon hearing God's truth, believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help you in that way, we'd be glad to do it. We'd be glad to study more with you. So that if, if you have questions so that you can make that important decision, just let us know. Just say a word. We'd be glad to study with you. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song. Thou shalt lose thy soul.